In the spirit of National Family Caregivers Month, we kick off a special three-part series that pays tribute to the unsung heroes in the fight against cancer, the caregivers. Join us as we hear heartwarming and inspiring stories from cancer survivors and the remarkable caregivers who stood by their side. In part one, we explore a mother's love to keep her daughter alive and their story of strength, love, and resilience. I'm really happy to have Rachel Rump and Barb Montague on the episode today to talk about their unique experience about Barb being a caretaker for your daughter, Rachel, during her treatments of uh, from cervical cancer. So Rachel, why don't you start us off and share your story with us? You know, how, you know, talk about your diagnosis, your treatment, you know, what do you want to share with us uh, during this process? Thank you so much for having us. Um, so I was diagnosed in May of 2021. Um, at that time, I was 30 years old. I recently just actually celebrated like my 30th birthday. So it was kind of the start of that year. Um, and just kind of noticed that something was just not right. Something, it was really strange. Just noticing all kinds of symptoms through a bunch of doctor's appointments, came up with the diagnosis, um, which was extremely, I mean, it's scary for a, a 30, huh. you know, a 30 year old female. Um, I had a two year old son at the time, he was two. Um, and, and I was also a single mom. So it was kind of very, very unsure because you don't know exactly what's gonna happen. Um, how, what the treatments were going to do to me and how they might mm. affect myself and then my ability to actually care for my toddler son who you know thinks every day is play day right uh, so I began treatment in about July of 2021 and endured six weeks of daily radiation um, six rounds of chemo and then three um, brachial, brachial uh, treatments as well yeah. so, Right, there. Very, yeah. very un- undergoing. <laughs> yeah, and all with a two-year-old. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, I, I, even healthy, I wouldn't even know how to handle a two-year-old. I mean, I have a ten-year-old now, and I still can't remember how she was with two. So, to be sidelined with, you know, ca- cervical cancer, and also trying to care for a very probably active two-year-old, right? Yes. Yes, very. and then it was also since it was 2021, we also had COVID, and that's right. Still, at that time, we were still kind of working from home, thankfully. So I was able to be home, but I was still working. So it was still very difficult. Oh, my goodness. So you had, you know, working single mom at the same time, cervical cancer mm-hmm. and an active two-year-old at home. I, I I don't even know how you balance that. But, you know, let's let's talk about that. How did you balance that? I mean, who... Did you, did you have help? I'm assuming because we have Barb here on, on the call as well, your mom. I mean, how did, how did you, did, was Barb your first, your mom, your first call? Uh, yes, she was. She was my first uh, call. She, throughout the, like, the times before um, when I was having the symptoms, I was kind of, I was relating to her, you know, like all these weird things that were going on. Um, just kind of keeping her in loop because one, she's my best friend. So we talked almost every week. Um, and so it was 
you know, I kind of kept her up on everything. And then when it finally came down to it, where the doctor was officially saying like, no, yeah, this is, this is cervical cancer. Um, you know, she was my first one. Uh, we both sat on the phone, I think for about a good two minutes with silence. And then, you know, we could hear sniffles between both of us. Cause we were both just starting to cry. Um, and then it, it was very hard. She was kind of my first one. Um, she also lives in South Carolina while I'm in Indiana. So she was 14 hours away from me at the time. Um, and so it was really hard to not have that, but I do know like one thing that was really nice was she got in contact with one of my best friends who lives in Indiana and my best friend showed up at my doorstep that like that mm -hmm. evening. So they arranged that together, um, which was really awesome. Uh, so I had a really good group of friends, uh, caregivers that were also helping out with my son um, and, and obviously my mom too. So, you know, that is remarkable and, and being so far away. I mean, if 14 hours is, is a good distance, you know, to be apart from each other. Um, I, I don't know. My mother lives literally a mile and a half from me. So that's a no, whole nother story. Right. But you know, let's talk about that. Barb, you know, you you were 14 hours away. You get this call from your daughter. I mean, you you've obviously knew something was up, right? Mother's right. intuition is kind of settling in, as I've understood. You know, tell us about when you get this call from your daughter. What was your initial thoughts? You know, what, what was going on? Um, it was difficult knowing that I was 14 hours away, um, that I couldn't be right there with her. Um, I cried. I cried a lot. Uh, when I first found out, because I kept trying to reassure that no, it can't be cancer. It can't, it can't be. It's just, you know, just something. Um, I, you know, I tried, was trying to keep her spirits up mm -hmm. and, you know, all the while in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is not good. Um, but, you know, still trying to, to keep her, her spirits up. And then when we got the final diagnosis and she called me, I just, I lost it. I mean, I, I was, I tried to be as strong as I could be on the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, but after we got off the phone, I just melted. Yeah, I bet. Like I I'm bet. doing now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I remember, you know, my mom was the first one. She already knew everything. I mean, I think she knew, right. She always said mother's intuition. I knew something's up, but like you said, you wanted to make sure that she stayed positive. And yes. I probably a little part of you was hoping that it wasn't right. Like, Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Exactly. And so you, so you get this news of your daughter and of course, you know, it just, everything just stops right at this moment. So, yes. you know, what was, what was your next plan? Like, what was, you know, I know your daughter said that you, you initially just immediately called her best friend, but you know, what, what did you end up doing afterwards? You know, well, we started, I started making plans. I work from home um, okay. as well. And I actually work for a company that's in Indiana, close to where Rachel is. So, um, uh, that was what was nice because I, you know, being, being a remote worker, I can work from anywhere as long as I have internet. Um, so started making arrangements. My hus husband's retired. We had just gotten a, a dog. So she, you know, um, it had been a couple of months before that, but, um, I was worried about, you know, leaving her and whatnot, but, you know, Rachel was my first priority. And I knew that as soon as I, you know, could, I was, I was traveling up there. And I think it was, um, 
it was actually Aiden's birthday that I actually came up, which was in June. And she had a doctor's appointment shortly after the birthday. And we went together and we found out what her treatment was going to be like. And that kind of set in motion my plans. And I was, I came back up the weekend before she started treatments Mm -hmm. and I was there until the end. Um, So I was up there for a full two months. Wow. Yeah. Two months relocated up to Indiana. I mean, luckily, of course, you had the uh, flexibility to just relocate for those two months. And I'm glad that your work supported it as well, right? Absolutely. Another alleviation of stress off of you, right? To to be able to do that. Absolutely. Now, you know, what, so, you know, Rachel, kind of talk about your dreams. I know you went through kind of in a, a tidbit of like, you went through, you know, radiation for six weeks, right? And you went through chemo and also bracket therapy. You know, how did it feel to have that dedicated, you know, your mom there being there with you? You know, talk talk us through that. It was definitely, it definitely took my mind off of things. One, because I got to immediately kind of connect with her if I was starting to feel down. Um, And then two, it gave me such a sense of like, safety because I knew that if something were to happen if I got really really sick during like during treatments if I reacted negatively to any of my treatments that my mom would take care of my son and so like if I actually if something happened to me and that I had to go you know to a hospital for a while or something which I was hoping not but at least I knew that someone I had a person that knew my son my son knew them um, and I had someone to care for and also the fact that you know, when your doctors are telling you after chemo, um, you know, you're going to probably feel weak and, you know, tired and everything. So all I wanted to do was lay on the couch. And, you know, obviously I have a two-year-old that's, you know, basically mom, 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 mom. And so it was nice to have my mom kind of step in and be like, hey, you know, my son, his name's Aiden, like, let's go and play over here. Let's let mom rest. Or I could go back and take a nap at any time because I knew like there was someone to watch my kids. Right. Because it's hard to explain to a two-year-old, mommy's sick, mommy's, you know, still sick, right? Like it's, it's been a while, mommy's still not better yet, you know? So I'm, that's great that Barb was, your mom was there to really help lend a hand with your son. And also I think, you know, you were probably really vulnerable, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't know, for, to me, I'm really, my mom and I are really, we're also best friends. And so I understand the connection. And so it's like, I can literally be ugly crying in front of my mom and it's okay. Like no one, no judgment. And my mom's like, you need to cry, cry it out. Right. So that's also, like you said, the security and the trust that you have with each other is really important. Yeah. Yes. And and she did a lot of like the stuff that either, you know, just around the house, I'm a homeowner. So she helped me, you know, she mowed my lawn and made sure she did the, like, she helped do the laundry, but she always was kind of, um, very, you know, asking me, are you okay to do this? And if I said, yeah, I kind of want to do it, you know, she understood that there were some stuff that I still like had to do just to be, to be kind of me, that I was still kind of independent and could do some of these things. But if I wasn't strong enough or just couldn't do it because of just tiredness or weak or towards the end when I just started basically, I I don't want to say giving up because that's not the right word, but I just, my body just yeah, was so done. Um, mm-hmm. She really stepped in. And again, she was more of 
I don't want to say a crutch because that's not the right word, but, you know, helping me, I could yeah. lean on her a lot more and she was always there. That's really unique because I think as a caregiver, you probably as a mom also wanted to just baby your daughter, right? Absolutely. But you also understood that she needs some type of independency or at least some something of her own that she could do. So that's really unique. I mean, it's talk to us about how how was it feeling like seeing your daughter go through this? I know probably emotional, and I you know, but I mean, see you know, seeing your daughter actually go through this these treatments. I mean, what were what was going on in you as well? Well, it was it was very difficult. Um, she didn't get as sick as I expected her to, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I wanted her to have you know, I I wanted to make sure that I didn't get in her way. I mean, you know, it's still her house. It's still her child. Um, you know, so I was just there to, to in basically in the background. Um, a lot of times she made dinner, um, you know, exactly. So, I mean, it, it was, it was kind of like we were living together, but you know, that she wasn't feeling all that good. She, you know, she spent a lot of time on the couch and that was fine. Uh, you know, I worked at the kitchen table, um, so it, it worked out, you know, but I, I, I knew she needed that independence. That's, that's the way she is. Um, so, I mean, that's even sick or not, that's, that's how she is. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that's how you raised her, right? I mean, that's pretty much like it, but I know my mom would say, can I just baby you just one time, just, just once, you know, just, just take it, just take yes. it. Would you do it. Yes. So many times I just wanted to go up and just give her a big old hug. Um, and you know, on occasion I did, but mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, she's just like, don't just don't. And I'm like, you know, I respected that because I knew that she was not feeling well. And, you know, so I, I, I did what I could, but she also did an awful lot while she, you know, she was going through, through, uh, her treatment. Yeah, no, it's sounds it, it sounds like both of you are very strong women already. I think I can, I can see where Rachel gets it from, from her mom. <laughs> um, and I was about to ask, did you, you know, I, I, cause I always love my mom's home cooking. So it's like, did you, but I get, apparently Rachel took, took initiative on that. Well, there were some things, there are some things that even though we share the same recipe, you know, it's just better when a mom makes it like, I I can never I get my grilled cheese the same way she can get the grilled cheese and uh, our sloppy joes that we like share a recipe together. It just, it's just so much different when like when your mom makes it. Um, and even just when she just did literally a can of soup in the microwave for me, but she always delivered it on the little tray that like like she used to do when I was sick. And so just bringing that like brought back such like kind memories of, of when my mom would take care of me when I was sick. I always used to say like, mom, you, you must've not told me something. Like there was <laughs> one ingredient you didn't tell me because we have the same ingredient. Why mm -hmm. does it not taste the same? Yes. In a simple grilled cheese, right? You're like, I know how to make a grilled cheese, but why does yours taste so much better? Mm -hmm. I, I completely get it. Um, so let's talk about that. What was it? You know, you talked about, you know, the grilled cheese and, and thing, but was there any like favorite moments? I mean, you guys were literally stuck together, like a bubble in a pandemic, yes. right? So you guys had to have built some time. I mean, was there anything special that you guys did to kind of at least, you know, change the mood a little bit, right? Like, 
you know, because it was such a very trying, you know, part of your life to go through treatment, to do all that and be a, you know, to be a mom as well to um, a, a toddler. But was there anything that you guys did that came out of it? Your favorite moments of that, you know, together? I um, think, I think my favorite moments, sorry. Um, I think my favorite moments were when, um, when she was going through her, her chemo treatments, which was once a week. Um, the first one, they, I think they would have let me stay. Um, but for the most part, no, you couldn't. And so I, I stayed for a little bit. I think I brought her lunch. And so it was every Wednesday when she was had, had chemo, I would bring her lunch and she introduced me to some new restaurants around town that (laughs) I had been away from. So, um, so that was kind of cool. And that, you know, we got to, they let me come in. Um, to eat lunch with her, but then I had to leave. So oh, that was so you guys had part. your own little date every a little week, bit. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, it's the little things that try to make this a little bit easier for you. Not that we can make it any easier, but little things like that. So Rachel, I know you wanted to say something as well. Yes. So I wouldn't classify it as a favorite moment, but <laughs> like the, the moments that really just really, really touched me um, was so during my treatment, my dog that I've had for 10 years passed. Um, she got, she got very sick. She had her own cancer um, and it got to the point where we, I had to, you know, make that horrible decision. Um, and I mean, my mom was there with me. She literally drove me to the place, you know, cause I, I think I'd just gone to like radiation so I was already wiped out like you know physically and so she sat with me until she you know couldn't take it anymore and then um, left me to to be there but the fact that once again she was there and like we could share that moment of that just heartbreaking moment Um, and so I was able to just I mean I was able to be in it and not really have to you know, worry about anything that I could just sit there and just cry um, while she's, you know, she's driving me. And it's just, that was really extremely hard just emotionally. But the fact that I had my mom right there to kind of just hold me and and just really, you know, kind of talk me through and and really kind of, especially the aftermath. So I don't want to say it's like a favorite moment, but it's definitely- well, yes, let's not classify it as a favorite, but I think, you know, it does, you know, it, it, it just another example of your mom being there, right. Just on, in every moment of the, this process and even the little moments that come into that, not really, you know, of your cancer, but it's part of life. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm getting the incredible bond that you two have. Um, so let's, do you have, like, you know, I know that you guys both, I mean, I, I heard, you know, Barb, you, you touched on a great topic of, you know, really just giving her, allowing Rachel to have her space through this, even though being a mom, right. I, I, you know, I, when I see my daughter sick, I'm constantly checking her and she's like, that's enough. I'm fine. Right. And I, <laughs> I, I don't know my boundaries yet. I'm going to have to learn that. But the fact that you understood the boundaries and for Rachel, you know, going through that and being able to rely on your mom, right. Even though you're so independent was, you know, do you have any recommendations for people that are starting out going through this, right. You know, like 
as a caretaker or as a patient, you know, who is needing a caretaker, you know, what are your suggestions for this? Because it is, it's a different relationship, not just the fact that you are mom and daughter, but being a caretaker is a different relationship to a parent, you know, and I think, I mean, a patient, I'm sorry. So any recommendations you have for our listeners who are going or about to embark on this or going through this right now? I, the only recommendation I have is to talk, um, talk to each other, um, get your boundaries set. I mean, Rach and I, obviously we've been together for a very long time. <laughs> Longest relationship Rachel's had. Yes. And, and me, <laughs> but, um, it just, uh, talking, I think, and, and setting your own boundaries is, is probably the best thing because, I've, I know Rachel's got her boundaries and I know when she has had enough and she's had her fill. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I step away. Um, but for somebody who doesn't know, particularly know that if it's somebody besides mom, um, taking care of them, um, they may not know that. And so they may push, push it to the limit. And, you know, that's, that would be my only recommendation would be to talk and, you know, to find out how do you, how do you feel? You know, do you feel like doing this? Do you not feel like doing this? Would you like me to do it for you? Would you, you know, do you want to try? And if you can't, I will. That's, that would be my only recommendation. I love the questions. Like I, I like, I, I love the fact that you don't assume that she can do it or she can't do it. You really involve her in the care, right? Yeah. So it's not just you're caring for her she's involved in this process as much as you are. So I love this communication that you have. Rachel, do you have anything else to add? Like, you know, any suggestions for a patient going through this or, yeah. or for a caretaker? Uh, for a patient, um, I would highly recommend of letting someone do something. I know you can be extremely independent um, and, you know, be like, I don't want to lay on the couch. Like, you know, I feel like I'm not doing anything. Your body is fighting. So it is fighting. So you, you're doing a lot already. Like, even if you do have to just sit on the couch, you are, your body is literally fighting this monster inside that is trying to, you know, to take you out and you have to, you're fighting for survival with it. So be okay with someone else doing something and be okay with resting and like actually taking a break mm -hmm. and caring for yourself and just kind of being be okay to like sit and just just sit for a little bit it will it really makes a world of the difference um because the things will get done you can and also be okay to ask to ask your caregiver to either give you a space or to let you do something and just say like hey i really need to do this task to make me keep to like make me feel like a human being mm -hmm. and not cancer like you know, something like that. So again, that's kind of on the talk of be okay and vocalize that because you're, no one's my reader. Yeah, no, it's right. It's per, it's, it's so right. I remember I asked my mother to drive me to Costco. I said, I just need to go to Costco. I need to walk around. Like that was the most normal thing I could do in my life. And my mom's like, we're not going. And I said, no, 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 just you drive. I'll just walk in the cart, like push the cart. And I did it for like 10 minutes. And she's like, I told you, you're not going to be able to make past the dairy aisle. Like it's not even going to go down. So let's just go home. But 
I completely understand this, this communication. And I'm so happy to have the, the fact that you guys mentioned that. So this last part might get emotional as, as we, we said, but Rachel, let's start with you. Is there anything you want to tell your mom, you know, at this point, you know, she's care for you. You're now, uh, cancer free, right? I'm, I'm, I, I see the nod. Yes, you got an NED. So congratulations. But is there anything you want to say to your mom right now about thanking her? You know, this is the month of gratitude, right? And coincides with caregiver month. So anything you want to share with your mom? Well, mom, mommy, as I always sometimes say, um, I don't know how I would ever be able to thank you, not only for literally uprooting your your life down there with um, with Jimmy and kind of coming up and spending and living with me for two months. And, and not only that, watching my son and, you know, watching me and just caring for me and nurturing me and just really always being there for me when I could cry, when I was throwing up, um, when I was just, when I literally was just so ready to just give up and especially that last treatment when you know we're just holding hands and we're both crying um, and all of my arms are turning like bruised and everything I just I don't know how exactly one can ever say thank you because thank you is not big enough to do that um, so I will be spending the rest of my life which will be long um, always making sure that you know how grateful I am Oh, that is, and yes, you will have a long life. And mm -hmm. Barb, is there anything you want to say to your daughter now that you've, you've now have, she has, she's cancer free and you can now enjoy her and Aiden, right? Absolutely. Um, I want to thank Rachel. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I want to thank Rachel for letting me do it. Um, cause, because, you know, um, I, there's nothing nothing else I could have done. I, I mean, there's nothing else I would have done. I mean, it was my intention to go up there the whole time. And um, I just thank her. And I, I, I love you, girlfriend. Mm. I love you. Oh, you guys are... I'm, I'm tearing up. So I'm going to grab a tissue really quick. Um, yes, no, I, I, you guys have a very unique bond and I guess mother daughters have a very unique bond already, but you know, being a caretaker is a whole different story. I think you actually caretake, right? Barb, you, you were a caretaker for her all most of her life, her childhood and to now be an adult and also to caretake for her as a whole different, uh, chapter. And, you guys are both very, very strong women. I I can see where Rachel gets it from, from Barb. And I'm so thankful for you guys to be on this episode today to share your story. Um, and thank you again for, and we're so congratulations, Rachel, for Absolutely. conquering cancer. Thank you for listening. And stay tuned for our next bonus episode as we delve deeper into the world of caregiving with two best friends that created an unbreakable bond of friendship. Oh, 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 oh,